My name is Ann Bradley Thomas, and I will be facilitating praying the Psalms today. There's not a right way to pray the Psalms. Today's practice comes from my own experience. The focus today will not be on a task, an accomplishment, or something to master, but instead on praying the Psalms as a way to gain deeper connection, awareness, and relationship with God. The opening and closing prayers are from Phyllis Tickle's book, The Divine Hours, Prayers for Summertime. The Gloria is repeated often in Phyllis's book. Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, and it is now, and so shall ever be, world without end. Alleluia. Amen. Let me repeat that. Glory be to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, and it is now, and so shall ever be, world without end. Alleluia. Amen. Today, my intention for this practice is to glorify God, and in doing so, listen deeply to the Spirit's light in my heart, and let goodness thrive there, and let goodness thrive in my life, and let goodness thrive in my actions. Reflect for a moment for yourself. Why are you participating today? If you have a candle, light it as a reminder that our goal is to interact with our Creator God using the Psalms as a guide. The Holy Spirit is here with us today. Before reading the Psalms, center yourself in this time today. Leave the past behind and put off the future. Leave the pandemic behind. Leave the protests behind. Leave the anxiety behind. Leave the fear behind. Leave all that is going on outside your soul behind. Step into the present moment. Step into the silence. Step into your soul. Find a comfortable position, however that might be for you today. As I read verse 10 from Psalm 46, I invite you to stop, relax, take a deep breath. Take a three more deep breaths. Empty your thoughts and focus on the presence of God. Psalm 46, 10. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still. Be still. Be. Be. 
As you continue to rest in silence for a minute, reflect on what it means to just be, to strip away all your roles, all your identity, and just be in God's presence. Today we'll be reading Psalm 2, and we'll read through it three times, and there will be an extended silent time for reflection and prayer after the third reading. Silence is a gift in the noisy world. Silence is a way to attend to your inner teacher. Silence is a way to learn from within and listen for God's call. Any relationship that grows in depth grows out of deep listening. Use this space as a place to set aside time to listen, to be still, and to make space to be aware of God's presence. Each reading will be from a different version. One will be from the Book of Common Prayer. One will be from Eugene Peterson's translation of the Bible, The Message. And the last one will be Nan Merrill's translation, um, translation of the Psalms, which was written to be a companion to the Hebrew scripture of one age speaking with a later age. I have the new Oxford Annotated Bible, and it says in the footnote for Psalm 2 that in the psalm the Lord gives universal dominion to his king. It is a royal psalm composed for a coronation. Israel's subjects, people, plot rebellion against the new king. The word anointed is used in Hebrew, and it is translated literally Messiah. Messiah is one of the titles of an Israelite king. After the extinction of the Hebrew monarchy, this became a name for the ideal king of the future, a king hoped for re restoration, and the psalm was reinterpreted accordingly. The newly enthralled king quotes God's promise of universal rule. God adopts the king as a son. Rebellious rulers are warned to submit. Joel Lamon says, Jerusalem certainly never enjoyed anything remotely close to the power of the great empires of its time in Egypt, Mesopotamia, and Persia. In fact, for most of its history, the kings of Jerusalem were only small players on the larger world scene, usually paying tribute to the more powerful rulers. The psalm concludes by imagining the real historical situation completely in reverse, with the powerful kings of the earth bowing with respect before Yahweh. Before reading the psalm for the first time, I will open us in prayer. After prayer and the psalm, we will rest in reflection for a minute. Holy Creator and sustaining wisdom of all that is, both in heaven and on earth, Take from me the thoughts, actions, and objects that are hurtful. Give me instead those things that are profitable for me and all who seek rightly to praise you. 
I ask this grace in the company of all believers and through the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Why are the nations in an uproar? Why do the peoples mutter empty threats? Why do the kings of the earth rise up in a revolt and the princes plot together against the Lord and his anointed? Let us break their yoke, they say. Let us cast off their bonds from us. He whose throne is in heaven is laughing. The Lord has them in derision. Then he speaks to them in his wrath, and his rage fills them with terror. I myself have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. Let me announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. The day have I begotten you. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations of your inheritance for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall crush them with an iron rod and shatter them like a piece of pottery. And now, you kings, be wise, be warned, you rulers of the earth. Submit to the Lord with fear, and with trembling bow down before him. Lest he be angry and you perish, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Happy are all they... Happy are they all who take refuge in him. The next reading will be from Eugene Peterson's translation. He says that the Psalms in Hebrew are earthy and rough. They're not genteel. They're not the prayers of nice people couched in cultured language. So he started paraphrasing the Psalms into the rhythms and idiom of contemporary English. Peterson is convinced that only as we develop raw honesty and detailed thoroughness in our praying do we become whole, truly human in Jesus Christ, who also prayed the Psalms? We will again rest in silence after the reading. Remember, you will have distractions because you're human. Simply acknowledge them when they happen. Return your attention back to silence, back to God, back to your breath, back to the candle. Psalm 2 why the big noise, nations? Why the mean plots, people? Earth leaders push for position. Demigods and delegates meet for summit talks. The God-deniers, the Messiah-defiers, let get, let's get free of God. Cast loose from Messiah. Heaven-throned God breaks out laughing. At first, he's amused at their presumption. Then he gets good and angry. Furiously, he shuts them up. Don't you know there's a king in Zion? A coronation banquet is spread before him on the holy summit? Let me tell you what God said next. He said, you are my son, and today is your birthday. What do you want? Name it. Nations as a present, continents as a prize. You can command them all to dance for you or throw them out with tomorrow's trash. 
So rebel kings, use your heads. Upstart judges, learn your lesson. Worship God in adoring embrace. Celebrate in trembling awe. Kiss Messiah. Your very lives are in danger, you know. His anger is about to explode. But if you make a run for God, you won't regret it. I'll read Nan Merrill's version shortly, but this time we'll rest in silence for six minutes. I'll ring a bell halfway through the time. Pearson also says in his book, Answering God, that intimidation is as fatal to prayer as distraction. We require an act of imagination that enables us to see that the world of God is large, far larger than the worlds of kings, princesses, prime ministers, and presidents. We need a way to imagine, to see that the world of God's ruling word is not an afterthought to the world's stock market, the rocket launching, the summit diplomacy, but itself contains them. We need a way, a convincing, usable, accessible tool for realizing the largeness of God in the midst of the competing bigness of the world. Psalm 2 answers our need by presenting Messiah. God's person in history. God throughout the Bible and history has used ordinary people in ordinary places, people who discovered in prayer that inside is bigger than the outside, people who did not let the bullying world intimidate them into hiding, people who rehabilitated their imagination so they could grasp the enormous range of the world of God, people who observed Messiah, people who see God being personally involved in the world. Peterson titled the chapter in, in his book for Psalm 2, Entering into Adoration. As you rest in silence after the reading, rest in wonder, rest in God, rest in mystery. Why do nations and people plot against one another, setting themselves apart and conspiring against the beloved and those who follow love's way? They say to themselves, we are free of love's law. Humility and service are for others. The beloved who is ever present can but smile at their foolishness, knowing that one day they will fall to their knees in regret. Distracted by greed and arrogance, they do not hear the beloved's voice whispered in the silence. Awaken all of you living in darkness. We are all one in love's consciousness. You live in my heart even as I dwell in yours. For you are mine, I am your beloved. I have given you abundant life to love and care for all creation. 
May it be for the delight of all. Yet to know me, fears and illusions must be faced. As an iron rod hitting a clay pot, shining light into the darkness. Blessed are all who have asked for forgiveness, whose hearts radiate the love we all are at the core.
Ask yourself, what did you hear God saying to you in the Psalms today? Where did you find God in the silence? How did you find God in the mystery? How did you enter into adoration? Offer up your own silent prayer for thanksgiving before I close us in prayer. Almighty God, to whom our needs are known before we ask, help me to ask only what accords with your will. In those good things which I dare not or in my blindness cannot ask, grant for the sake of you, Son, Jesus, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.